I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome everyone to a bonus mini-sode of True Blue, True Crime. My name's Sean and with me as always is my co-host Chloe. How you doing? Hi, good. Um, what day is it? What time is it? Where are we? <laughs> We've been recording all day and um, I'm starting to flail, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to talking about this case. I feel like it's important. It's an unsolved case, but I'm... Um, Feeling a bit loopy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like you say, I think you you point out a good thing there. These little mini-sodes that we're doing every 10 weeks or so are a really good opportunity to talk about something that probably otherwise wouldn't get spoken about unless yeah. it's, you know, maybe a missing persons week or something like that. Yeah, so definitely. we're certainly looking at it that way. Um, before we get into the case we're talking about, we thought we'd just like to let everyone know up front that uh, this episode does discuss themes around suicide. So we'd encourage everyone to exercise self-care and to look after themselves if you choose to continue listening to this episode. In the digital age, a world where we're all so connected, it seems like we all know so much about other people, no one could simply vanish, could they? Someone would know something, someone would post something online, someone would say something. That wasn't the case for Ted Chitness. He left for university like any other day one day, three years ago. Well, that's what his family thought. But then he was never seen again. Wednesday the 27th of April 2016, 21-year-old Ted Chitness left his family home in Burwood, an outer eastern suburb of Melbourne, around 10am. It was presumed by his family he was heading to Blackburn Railway Station, where he would usually park his car and head to Deakin University where he was studying. The problem is, Tedge hadn't been attending classes at Deakin or anywhere else for that matter for the past 12 months, contrary to what he'd been telling his parents and other friends and family. He kept this pretty under wraps as well, throwing in the occasional, I got a HD for this or that, which his family took at face value as he would. It was Tedge's father's 60th birthday that evening and he told them not to leave without him and implying that he'd be home in time to catch a lift with them to the family dinner celebrations that they'd had booked. Tedge never showed up. In the following days, he was reported missing and his disappearance was investigated by Victoria Police. 
During initial investigations, police discovered Tedge's phone pinged from a tower near the country town of Hillsville, some 50 kilometres from his home in Burwood, and this was around 11.45am on the day that he was last seen, but he hadn't registered any use on this phone since then. Nor had his bank account details or bank cards in the days, weeks, months after his disappearance been used. Some further backtracking by police located CCTV footage of Tedge's car, a 2005 Volkswagen Golf, silver with the registration TTF 517, driving through the main street of Hillsville, near the corner of Maroondah Highway and Green Street, at around 11.34am. So this was around 10 minutes or so before the final phone ping. Family and friends searched the area of Hillsville, including the neighbouring suburb of Telangi, on the 7th of May, but were not successful in locating any signs of Tedge. There's been no sightings or indications of movement of Tedge since. Tedge has a dark complexion. He's of Indian heritage, medium build, black hair and brown eyes. Around 175 centimetres tall, or 5 foot 8 in the old language, He's described as a friendly and helpful guy who is well-liked. He's also an enthusiastic NBA fan, we read, and he worked at the stationery store Office Works at the time of his disappearance. Tej was enrolled in a health science degree at Deakin University. He had plans to eventually do medicine. Reports from police that Tej hadn't attended classes for his health science degree for the last 12 months inevitably led to speculation that he'd left on his own accord. His unhappiness in this regard was news to his family, who have always maintained there was general harmony in the domestic family life. Tedge's mum, Reva Chitness, was quoted saying, If he had gone of his own accord, there was something he was hiding from us, and the stress he has been under or whatever, that's not the child we know. None of Tedge's other family or friends could report any unusual behaviour either. But there's no getting around the number one theory out there, which could also be shared by the police. But you find out about this digging through the web sleuths and Reddit threads out there. But it's the possibility that Tedge died by suicide, alongside the ever so slightly less popular theory that he disappeared intentionally and is working cash in hand jobs someplace. But the catalyst for either of these two scenarios is the same. He cracked under the immense pressure that many young people feel to study, to build a career and to make their parents proud. Tedge allegedly told his mother in the weeks before his disappearance that he didn't know what he wanted to do with his life, which his mother apparently brushed off, telling him to take a break from things and not to worry about it because he was only 21. I think it's important to point out here that there are some fairly broad brushstrokes with some of these online theories. It's certainly possible, but it's also a bit of a leap. Many young people feel immense pressure to do well in life, and this is often self-imposed. But remember in this case, it's also reported, admittedly from the parents themselves, that they weren't the typical overbearing parents who pushed Tedge. And his mother's response certainly didn't seem like one of an overbearing mother, assuming that was indeed a response. But there's an overwhelming response online in the thread about people who empathise with the pressure side of things from the perspective of someone with a similar background, the emphasis on grades and succeeding, etc. So suicide is a popular theory with a small amount believing he might have just thrown it all in and run away. There isn't a whole lot of information on this case. Most of what we could find online was in these forums. With that in mind, there's another angle, an interesting thread online that we will briefly cover – 
Before I do, let me reiterate, any reports about Tej indicated that he was well-liked, respectful, and a genuinely nice young man. I found a comment online which indicated there'd been talk that Tej had fallen in with the wrong kind of crowd, and that something drug-related could be responsible for his disappearance. That's unvetted, and it was mentioned in the same breath as shooting down the theory by someone else, someone who was allegedly close to Tej too, I should add, but it is possible. A logical follow-up question for any theory is, what was he doing for those 12 to 24 months when he wasn't at university? He could have pulled a few extra shifts at Officeworks and saved enough cash to take off. Possible. He could have also been shooting hoops at the local basketball court. But if he was stressed or looking for a way out or looking to numb that feeling, take the edge off, he could have sought alternative forms of relief through some recreational drug use, especially if it had been introduced to him during that time. The worst part of this case is whatever happened to him, he didn't tell anyone anything. His family and friends knew nothing. It wasn't until police investigated did anyone find out that he had not been attending classes for 12 months. We are both familiar with Hillsville, where Tedge was last seen, like many areas in Victoria and Melbourne surrounds. In fact, any city anywhere in the world, it has its underbelly. It's also a remote area that people go to in order to get away from things. It begs the question, what was Tedge doing in Hillsville to begin with? Not a stretch to think he was there potentially to buy drugs, or to meet someone, a friend perhaps, who was buying them. There's no way of knowing. But Burwood to Hillsville, particularly when he caught the train from Blackburn and went to Deakin Uni, none of his regular patterns explain his connection to Hillsville. It's in the opposite direction, as we mentioned, by over 50 kilometres, It's a strange way to go without any purpose. So drugs is one theory. Another is that Tej died by suicide. There's a lot of speculation around him driving his car into a body of water. Hillsville and its surrounds have several large lakes. Sure, that's possible. But why would he pick Hillsville or beyond specifically for that? It was so far removed from his regular patterns of activity. This is the most widely accepted theory on the threads out there, and it stems from two points – The fact that his car has never been found and that he was a young man at university who was potentially feeling pressured and stressed. Considering the area he was last seen in relation to where he lived most of his life and the withdrawal from his studies for the past couple of years, both popular theories are plausible but also leave many questions. What happened after that? It could have been an accident. It could have been someone deranged that took him, deliberate foul play possibly, He could have owed money to someone. There's a number of possibilities, but it's true that anyone and anything, including an 05 VW Golf, could easily go missing in the bushland out there and not be recovered. It's worth noting also, while we have no evidence to the contrary, but we don't know for sure that it was Ted actually driving his car through Hillsville. We know that it was his car on the CCTV and his phone pinged out there, but we can't be 100% sure it was Ted driving or operating that phone. So that's another angle to consider here. It's possible that Tedge wasn't intending to end his life and also that he had nothing to do with drugs but fell victim to foul play and it wasn't even him in the car, as you said, Chloe. What that means or doesn't mean exactly, I'm not sure. It's just another layer with this unsettling case. It's been three years since Tedge's disappearance and the Chitnas family have not given up hope. Tedge's mother, Reva, commented earlier this year in an SBS article that it is unimaginable that a young man and his cast could have simply disappeared. Mr Chitness added, 
It's hard to know for sure whether he is alive or dead. We live in hope, though. There's nothing else we can do. The Australian Federal Police Missing Persons has a listing asking for information on Tej. Anyone who has any information is encouraged to contact Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. The Missing Persons Advocacy Network has also been keeping Tej's image alive. There is a mural of him near Melbourne's Queen Victoria Market. So that's what we know and those are the questions we have about the disappearance of Tej Chitness. This case is obviously so sad. I can't understand how someone could simply just vanish. The his fact that he went missing and his car has never been seen. There are so many questions in this case and the more you look into it, the more questions come up. I'm not sure what happened to him. I don't know if I can digest any of the theories. I think that maybe because... As Mrs Chitner said, how could a young man in his car simply vanish? How is it that no one ever saw him and has still never seen him? I feel so bad for his family. Even this year, during Missing Persons Week, they made a fresh plea for information and expressed that they were still hopeful, as we quoted. What else could you do in this situation? How else could you go on and live every day? I really hope that they do get the answers they need one day and they can move on and that he is found or they can lay him to rest. Yeah, that's exactly right, Chloe. The statistical probability of his driving his car into a body of water, though, which is the popular theory online, it's around 3.5% at best, and that's Mm. being generous. And that statistic comes from a causes of death, methods of suicide information published by the ABS in 2011. It's very morbid and don't want to go into all of the details surrounding that. But I just think it's it's unlikely based on that. I agree. It could have been someone deranged that took him, deliberate foul play possibly. He could have owed money to someone, as we said before. So, I mean, there's a number of possibilities, but he'd be more inclined to lean in that direction. But Tedge's family, as you said, are still keeping the hope alive and they themselves said, what more can you do? It's uh, staggering to me that no one has come forward about his whereabouts or his fate. Someone out there must know something. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And we just wanted to finish up here, Chloe, by playing, um, you mentioned before that uh, Reva Chitness had spoken in an SBS article. She also spoke to SBS Punjabi Radio uh, just a couple of months ago now at the end of April this year. So this is her speaking with that interviewer. Some of the details we've spoken about, but I think it's really worth hearing Reva talk about her son and what the family has been living with since Tej's disappearance. Reva Chitnis, welcome to SBS Punjabi. Thank you. It's almost three years since Tej just went missing. That's right. Anything at all? You know, we had many chats back then. Is there anything new from the police, from the public, from anybody else about his whereabouts? Nothing at all. Surprisingly, for the amount of uh, media attention and the amount of posters or all the work that we did 
as parents, as a community, as friends who came to help us, uh, which we continue to do. There's absolutely nothing, nothing at all from the police, from anywhere, the police media. A lot of posters are still being put. If you look at Win TV in the country, they are still running the same ads of the missing persons. So last three years, they're still running the same ad about Tej. So it's been running all over Australia, in the country. Mm. Not one word from anybody, no sighting, no nothing. And it's sometimes unimaginable that a young man and his car can just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. So the car has also not been found. His bank Nothing account has not been touched. No, the car, he's gone with his car, his beloved car, which he probably loved more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's le- he left with his car on that day and nothing has been found since. And he had a substantial amount of money in his bank account. That's never been touched. No, it's not touched. Uh, the reason I know that because it's... That account was opened by me when he was very little, so it's still linked to our accounts. Mm. So I can still see it. I can't access it, but I can still see it and nothing, nothing has been touched. With no uh, confirmed sightings at all, I was speaking to Jayanth and he was mentioning something in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, but nothing has been confirmed. No, what nothing, is your best guess? If something like that comes up, we get in touch with the police. So mm. we still are in touch with the detective mm. who has the case mm. uh, at the Boxhill Police Station. Initially, we used to call him, Jayanth used to speak to him every single week. Then it became every fortnight. Now we call them once in a while just to make sure that they haven't forgotten us because mm. yeah. it's it's easy to forget. And I think our main this thing is that we don't want anybody to forget that they're just still missing. Yeah, yeah. How are you coping, you and Jayant? We have bad days and we have worse days. I wouldn't say we have any good days at all. But... Um, what can we do? We're doing the best we can. And I think the main thing is that um, we support each other, I guess. And uh, uh, we rely on a lot of family, friends uh, that come around. We um, we still have pages, friends who come and have uh, dinners with us, I guess. So mm-hmm. I always think when I look at these young men uh, in three years, they've suddenly all grown up. When I sit and look back, I think, uh, God, I wish Paige was here to see what wonderful, wonderful friends he has. Mm. They still keep in touch, which is just amazing yeah. because they were all 21 years old. Now they're 24 years old. And for young men like that to still keep in touch with us is just amazing. Yeah. And obviously, milestones come and go. There'll be birthdays in the family and, yes. you know, special yes. days that come and go. And of course, they'll be very hard to deal with. Yes. Yes. You know, every day is hard and you think, oh, the birthday is just another day. But when it actually comes around, it is hard. It is really hard on that day. Like Saturday will be three years since stage is missing. But mm. it was yesterday. We had a few of our really good friends who are our family over here for dinner. So it just makes it easier mm. to have your loved ones around you, I guess. So how do you rationalize it? How do you continue to live life knowing well? I can't. Hmm. I can't rationalize it. They're just speculation and more questions than answers. There's so many questions 
no answers. You really cannot rationalize it because you just it just it just keeps going in your head and it just goes on and on. At some point, you have to just stop thinking. Mm. It'll drive you up the wall. Otherwise, yeah. So I was just speaking to Jayant, and he was also mentioning that you are still living in hope. How do you keep that hope alive, and what is really the hope? I think that is the only thing we can do, given that we have nothing. They they call it so. There's a lot of study being done about missing persons, and there's so much more awareness already, even in three years, or maybe we notice it more. It's called ambiguous loss. and they say that that ambiguous loss is worse than when you have somebody in your family pass away because at least you grieve and you you continue to grieve whereas this the not knowing mm. is worse than anything else mm. so Yeah. I think that it is hard what do you do though you have to live isn't it yeah. you've got an older son he has to live everybody has to live their lives but like i said one half of our lives has just stopped in time 3 years ago Riva I'm a mother and I'm sure many of our listeners are parents as well I don't think we can even imagine what you're going through so I think I'd only like to pass on our good wishes to you and thank you we just wish you keep that hope alive and they do come true Yeah I think that's how we survive by keeping the whole hope alive Thank you for speaking to us Thank you Whatever the case as you said Chloe The Chitnis family are still searching for answers, still making appeals for information to keep the memory of their son alive, and hopefully that will lead to some form of closure for them all one day. Yeah, I agree. Heartbreaking and hopefully they find some peace. So, for our last happy thought of the season, um Sean, do you want to kick it off? What's your happy thought for this week? It's very simple and it's the fact that we're going to be having a a few weeks off, which yes. won't seem like the case because this will be released in a couple of weeks from now when we're recording it. Magic, so. magic, magic. <laughs> um well, me too. <laughs> That's my happy thought. Um I love doing the podcast, but I am also excited for more time to do work, spend time with my husband, you know, do the things that you can't do when you're doing the podcast. Yeah. Um so it will be nice to have a bit of balance for a few weeks. I'm sure that your wife and daughters will be super happy about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um so we have a interesting thing that you want to cover now. Do you want yes. to explain what we're about to do? Well, I think considering we've done the happy thought, which is completely original thought of yours, Chloe, <laughs> and not a rip off of my favorite murders uh segment at the end of their show, we're also going to take a leap out of their corrections corner book and do our own quality assurance at the end of season 2. So, yes. we've had a few things pointed out to us uh, along the way which we appreciate, so we thought we'd just run through some little errors and things we've gotten wrong uh this yeah. season. And you know this podcast as we've mentioned if you've listened to any of our Patreon debriefs is a massive learning curve. Um we're learning things all the time and the people that have reached out to us uh have done it in a really lovely way and thank you to everyone who has taken the time. We want to improve and learn all the always so it's been great. Um the first thing that we said incorrectly was we referred to someone getting hit as a king hit and it was pointed out to us that the more appropriate term is actually coward punch yeah. so that's a probably a pretty important one we had a discussion one. about yep. it and realized that the significance of the two i suppose yeah that was early on i think it was a lender fraser episode yep. and it's really tough cuz in a lot of the research material for these things if you're reading books that are not contemporary they do have the terms old, are outdated the, the, the terms are very outdated so you find yourself when you're writing it you're not able to use 
you know, what they could describe something or someone as in yeah. the year 2000 or 2005 is inappropriate now. Yeah. And that was definitely the case with that because in the book it refers to it as, as such. But yeah. it's not the contemporary um, term. So uh, we got that one wrong and we will keep an eye out for that moving forward. We also screwed up several dates in the Wanda Beach case, yeah. which coincidentally was a really great episode for us because it was around then that we had uh, Michael come on board to help us with the yeah. audio. So um, that was really good. But we did at, at our end screw up um, a few dates. I think it, uh, yeah, there might have been. We switched between the 26th and 27th of January. Something or like that. There was a few dates. So if anyone got a bit extra confused, we're very sorry, but hopefully you could still, you weren't. Adept enough to pick up the dates yeah. and notice. There was even a May in the, I think the date that oh, I was writing right. the episode, I threw it, it was completely wrong. It was that month. So <laughs> you just put today's date. Exactly, it pretty much was. So <laughs> apologies for that. Uh, I think also we discovered ourselves as we went along that we discovered uh, that we'd pronounced or I'd pronounced um, Yatala as yeah. Yatala maybe in an earlier episode, but we realised it was Yatala, yeah. the prison, which comes up quite a lot throughout the South Australian uh, seasons. So. Yeah, and um, I won't go into all the mispronunciations that I did. Thank you to everyone who's pointed that out. I am working on it. Um, if you listen to our Patreon, I have a disconnect sometimes. Um, but we do Google the pronunciations often and mm. try and keep them correct. So we will, I will continue to do better on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. But we thought we'd point a few of those things out anyway. Uh, moving on to the next point, uh, season three we've got coming up. We've, we've got a few changes coming up um, with season three. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. It's great as we manage to hopefully keep improving the show. Well, as we said, with Michael coming on to help us with the audio, that's yeah. something that we feel is really improved. We're also going to be looking to incorporate some advertising in the show moving forward. So we've been wor working with our friends at Bushka who host our show to make that happen. We're not going to spam the show with ads, but it's really one of the only tools at our disposal to continue improving the show. So we've invested in some new mics for next season. Yep. Uh, we've got a few people uh, to come on board in addition to Michael. We've got Nikki helping us with uh, some of our social stuff and we're getting some researchers and writers as well. So yep. good help is hard to find and it's rarely free. So <laughs> yes. we'd like to uh, support our, our little growing team as much as we can and that will help us do that. And we'll do it in a considered way, definitely. Yeah. And with that will come a Patreon tier restructure. There will be an option to receive ad-free regular episodes at the existing $2 a month level. And our new $5 monthly tier will have the ad-free regular episode plus a monthly premium blue label episode. In days gone by, we've tried to focus on putting out as much Patreon content as we can, but the consensus has been that the episodes we've done that have taken more time have been more well received. So we're going to focus on quality of those on a monthly basis moving forward. It was probably definitely ambitious of us in the first I place so, to do yes. fortnightly content on Patreon. Uh, and evidently there's a reason most podcasts do monthly and that's the sheer amount of work that goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. But these new blue label episodes that we have planned are going to be great. We've got a couple teed up for next season along with uh, what will become our usual seasonal debrief. So that's very exciting. 
But, and this is an important thing to note too, Chloe, with the new Patreon uh, restructure, all of our current Patreon supporters will have their current monthly subscriptions upgraded to the $5 tier at no extra cost. So you guys, for showing your support to us early in the piece, will receive all the $5 tier perks, the ad-free episodes in addition to the premium monthly Blue Label episodes for your current $2 donation moving forward. And those doors will remain open until the beginning of season three when the structure will change. So if anyone's been thinking about Patreon stuff but not sure, now's your time. So you can sign up for the $2 before season three begins and you'll be grandfathered to the $5 content level after that for no extra cost. And with that, next week we'll be releasing a Patreon episode on the main feed for you all to have a listen to, The Case of the Honolulu Strangler. We will be doing an extra episode for our current Patreon supporters to make up for that, so don't worry. But we wanted to give everyone considering supporting the show on Patreon an idea of the bonus content that we do over there. That episode is going to be reflective of the quality of our new premium Blue Label episodes uh, moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And we haven't been reading out five-star reviews, but I just wanted to pick a couple from the last eight weeks or so when we haven't been reading them. Yeah, that'd be good. So we've got uh, one here from the 10th of June from Kerishi that says, love it. And she says, presenting these Aussie crimes in a real and relatable way. I enjoy listening, sometimes mouth open in shock or having quite a chuckle. Thanks, guys. Hmm. That was a great one. Another one from Maddie D 81 and it's called The One and it says, guys, I cannot say enough good things about this podcast from the in-depth information to the host's personable reactions. If you're going to listen to a podcast, this is The One. That's awesome. Mm, thank you. There's another one from Mary Bob but it's M-I-R-Y Bob. It says, great listen. As far as dual host crime podcasts go, these guys are the most amazing and balanced team. Obviously well-researched and delivered without sensationalism and hype. Being respectful and mature on all subject matter, worth a listen. Don't listen to our blooper reels, Mary. I think we're (laughs) mature, but thank you so much. Thank you. So thank you to everyone who's taken the time to review us and leave reviews. We really appreciate it and it does genuinely help other people find us. So if you do have any case suggestions, feedback or questions, you can email us at truebluecrime at gmail.com. Or you can join our Facebook group, which is called True Blue True Crime Dash Podcast, or find us on Instagram by searching True Blue Crime. We've ran through all the Patreon stuff before, so we won't rehash that. But if you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us a lot and helps other people find the show. Thanks very much for listening and all your support, everyone. We will catch you again for Season 3 of True Blue True Crime. Thank you. Bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.